Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. This is number 86 of Coffee with the Coach. And I have got to tell you, I, nobody, me included, would have ever thought that when I started this thing on my brother's lanai, which is, that's porch in Hawaiian, on my brother's lanai in Kauai, did I ever think we'd have eight episodes, much less 86 episodes. But this time last year, I had an opportunity to run into a, I'm going to say he's a genius. And I don't throw that term around very easily. But um, Michael McQuaid is the biggest reason that this show has lasted and gone to where it's gone. So, Michael, come on out here and take a bow. You know, Jeff was having a really, really bad Friday, and then I, I, I really appreciate that. But I, I'm not the reason. Like the guests are you yourself. You know what? You, know what? you are, are the reason. I, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> you are the reason. And what you have done with this show is not short of amazing. Well, I, I really appreciate it, and man, I'm looking forward to the next 866. Never mind the next 86 episodes, and we're <laughs> we're three weeks out from the big one. I, I hear that there's there's rumors flying around that you're buying the first round in Hollywood Park in three weeks. Is, is this right or what's the... Uh... Not the first round, every round in Hollywood Park, buddy. <laughs> hey, I also heard a rumor today, right, that there are flights headed from Dublin to Los Angeles with some football fans on it. I don't know any, I don't know any names. I don't know. All I know is that I've heard that. The, the, let's, let, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Uh, it's 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 a big weekend ahead of us, Jeff, and obviously all of that in due course. I I just can't wait to go to Hawaii after. You know that, that that's going to be the big thing as well. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting few weeks, and you've got a hell of a show coming up because this weekend is. I've never seen a set of games, Jeff, that I can't call, and I have to do it tonight in about four hours, and I still haven't made my mind up, and I'm I'm panicking. I I really am, and massive weekend for you guys as well. Hey, wait a second now. You're panicking. Just make yeah, a panicking. choice. You're pa- oh, make a choice. Difficult. Hey, it's that's difficult. what I do every week on on Inside the Huddle. And Neil pasted me this year with my with my selections. But <laughs> I don't spend a lot of time because because you know what? As as how about this line? This is one of the all time great lines I ever heard out of a coach in all my days. Right. So I had screwed something up. I don't know what I'd done something wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, I expected the coach was going to just lay into me, right? And he looked at me and he goes, eh, get it next time. 65 million Chinese couldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll try and remember that on Sunday whenever I've lost all, or on, on, on Sunday night when I've got all four picks wrong. But uh, I'm feeling confident. It's just, it's, it's just, it's a great weekend ahead. And then obviously next Sunday, Jeff, you've got the championship games in the Pro Bowl and, the, and then the big one. So it, it's going to be fun. And uh, you guys are on both tomorrow night and, and Sunday night as well. Yeah, we're doing all the games. We always, every every game is coming to you. Thank goodness we don't have three days worth this weekend because <laughs> it was a drag last weekend. But um, on that Pro Bowl thing, right? We, you know, we don't, we don't uh, televise the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. And that, I th- that would create a window, a hole in our schedule, right? So what I'm thinking is we should come to Ireland that weekend. Maybe we should. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit more about Ireland and, and try and get some people's thoughts after your first guest. Do you want to? Do you want to introduce him, Jeff, and we'll get him on? Talk about the 49ers. Yeah, this is a, for him. There is a uh, head coach in the National Football League that goes by the nickname of Big Red. Now. I don't know if my next guest has a copyright on that nickname. However, he should, because I have known him for probably 10 years, and he has always been the only Big Red to me. And that's tonight's first guest from TalkSport, the Big Red, Will Gavin. Welcome to the show, Big Red. I mean, I love that you call me Big Red, but I have to say that uh, Andy Reid thankfully has a few years on me yet so I, I reckon he got there first i reckon he got there first i'm not saying i'm not i'm not i'm not giving that up buddy i'm just saying that <laughs> he heard me refer to you as that 
And then he, he, he went to the PR people at Kansas City and said, hey, 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 I need that name. Well, you know, when they came over, ah, oh, when was when were they here in the UK? They play the Bengals. The, when they were over here, I asked him a question at a press conference. And the first thing he said was, good to see another ginger in the room. So, <laughs> you know, he, he and I are tight since then. So I'm not going to go anything go against him in any way. Gab, did you hear his did you hear his description about how important it is to win a second Super Bowl the other day? No, go on. Okay, so so now this is this is all time Andy Reid, right? This is one of the reasons why we love him, right? He's just got some he doesn't take it all too serious, right? He said it's like a piece of chocolate cake. You have a piece of chocolate cake and it's really good, and then there's another one dangling out there, and you just want another piece of chocolate cake. And that was, was the way he described wanting to go back and win another Super Bowl. You see, that's one thing where me and Coach Reed have in common. Not only are we both ginger, but we both enjoy cake enough to compare it to our greatest life achievements. So I'm all in. <laughs> I'm on board. Hey, what is going on on Talk Sport right now? Right now or NFL wise? <laughs> no, NFL wise. <laughs> uh, well, dude, we got the uh, we got the games this weekend. So uh, normally we do the early kickoffs during the playoffs, so that it's a bit more of a suitable time. But we've got the the T20 cricket over the next couple of nights. So Saturday night we're going to do the kind of the end of the Titans Bengals game, and then we're going to do the 49ers Packers game in full with me and Ollie Hunter in studio together. We did this for an NFC Championship game a few years ago and didn't come to blows, fortunately. Who knows what's going to happen this weekend? Uh, Phoebe Schechter is going to be with us as well. And then we're doing the NFC Championship game. We'll be on TalkSport. Uh, and then the, the Super Bowl, we're going to the Pro Bowl. We're out in Vegas. We're going to do a whole week of programs from out there. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's going to be so much coverage over the next few weeks. We've just been kind of figuring out all the logistics for the stuff we're going to do out there. And you know what it's like on Radio Row, what the setup's like. But we're, we're taking, we're going all big this year. We're going to take full video setup. We're going to do live streaming. We're going to do, it's, it's going to be massive. I can't wait. You are the king. Of radio row. I just want, I'm serious. You are the king of radio row. And you know what? You have been that since you dropped on the scene. And I'm going to tell you something. It was so much fun. It's been one of my Super Bowl highlights, actually, to watch you guys. It's a full on, it's not, you don't go to radio row, you invade radio row. It is a full on <laughs> beach assault. Uh, I, I love coming on your show, Jeff, because you just pump me up so much. It's proper coaching on your part. It's, you know. No, you, no, no, you, no, don't, like... no, 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 because that's not true, because you know as well as I do that that is like, like when we're sitting doing our thing, right, and and like we got a little lull in the, a break or whatever, I'm always looking over my shoulder to see what you guys are up to, because it is amazing. I mean, it is. You guys are a phenomenon on Radio Row. And if you didn't go back, there'd be a protest by everybody else that's there. I, I, you guys back. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I remember being in Miami and, and catching up. One of the guys that, like, runs all the media stuff at Radio Row is one of the PR guys for the Seahawks. And, yeah, they... Um, is one of the guys who's the PR guys. It's very loud in here. Sorry. I've come to what I thought was a quiet coffee shop and it's all absolutely kicking off uh, to do this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they. Um, he's like a really good guy. And I turned up on Radio Row and I said, oh, okay. I had a quick catch up with him, went over and started chatting to him. And then I was kind of, as I was chatting to him, about four of the people came over and were saying hello. And, you know, there's people that they probably see each other throughout the year at different events and stuff, but we only see them once a year. And... He was just like, you've got no time for me, have you? Why Why are we even bothering with this? Because you're just, just just here in your element, chatting up everybody, working the room. And I was like, no, don't be like that. It's fine. I, I, I'm not sure everyone loves us being there. We, we take too much focus and too much attention. We, 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 we're too big for our own boots is the problem, Jeff. Never, never, never. Hey, let's talk some ball. Give me your biggest takeaway from Super Wildcard Weekend. My biggest takeaway from Super Wildcard Weekend is that the Bills are absolutely legit. The coaching on that team is 
sensational like like nothing else what like i've seen in the league this season the way that sean mcdermott that whole coaching staff that whole playing staff seemed to take that 14 to 10 loss to the patriots and the way that people talked about bill out coaching them completely to heart and went out and had back-to-back games against the patriots where they did not pump the ball once despite the fact that no team in nfl history had ever had a game against bill belichick where they hadn't had a single punt. It's only happened twice. It's happened twice in the last three weeks, and it's been the Bills both times. It just screams to me that they were out there to make a point. And I, I went in with, you know, the old NFL UK. I'm sure everyone watching this did the old Super Bowl challenge. I had my picks, and I, I six of six on the opening weekend, but I don't think, I think a lot of people did that. I think a lot of people picked the 49ers as their one underdog. I went in this week, and the one thing I changed was... I just picked the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. I think they're going to beat the Chiefs this weekend. I think they're going to go all the way to LA. And then depending on who they face, they've got a really good shot at finally getting that first ring on the fifth attempt. I, uh, just great on both sides of the ball, quick to the ball. Josh Allen, uh, they're so varied on offense. And I think it's really underrated because people look so much at what Josh Allen does personally. But I think that they scheme it so beautifully and they just, okay, that Patriots defense is old and a little slow and that makes it a bit easier. And this Chiefs defense have improved over the year and that's what Steve Spagnola does. But yeah, I think the Bills are properly terrifying. I do. Then we get the one seeds in this weekend and maybe I'm going to be proven completely wrong. Boy, I tell you what, there is a Phoebe Schechter effect on top <laughs> sport right there. I'm telling you. Because it, like, it sounds like she's been doing a little do a little counseling with you because that I know Phoebe feels exactly the same way. And by the way, I chose the bills to go to the Super Bowl as well. However, that's where I think they get derailed, but we'll see. No, I, I, my picks for this weekend, my bold prediction for this weekend was all four road teams win. Um, I like, it's a bold prediction for a reason, but I don't think it's that bold. Uh, I think the 49ers are where it probably falls over. Sadly, but I do think the Bills go to Kansas City and get the win. And I think that the Rams go to Tampa Bay and get the win. Uh, Saturday, maybe I feel a little differently about. It's going to be really interesting to see what the Titans are like with, with Derek Henry and is how healthy is he. And even if he's only 70%, how much are they going to have to base that defense? They had no pass rush in that second half against the Raiders. And that's a little concern if they're not fully healthy on that front, the Bengals. So I it's fascinating this weekend, but... I, I, I think we got four really great games. I just look at the Bills, and that's the team that if I had to face them this weekend, I'd be terrified of. All right. You you bring up a point that has been, you know, bashed about this past week. And, you know, I have my own personal view on it, but I think it's been something that's been topical, particularly early in the week, before the, the uh, attention shifted to this coming weekend, was – are we having too many playoff teams? When you look at the blowouts that you had in the Super Wild Card weekend, should we go back and and have fewer teams in the playoff? Will or or do you like I, it the way it is? I I love twelve teams in the playoffs. I think it's the right number. It feels right to me that two teams get a bye instead of one, so it's not as heavy of a of an advantage. But this is the NFL. I don't think they take a step back from a money-making endeavor. They're having six games on wildcard weekend, finally having ESPN as a TV broadcaster in the playoff mix, which is obviously a new thing over the last couple of seasons. They're now in the Super Bowl mix as well, and I'll be on that rotation. I can't see them changing it. And if anything, I can see them eventually going to eight teams from each side, which definitely feels like too much to me. Half the league getting into the playoffs feels wrong to me. Like, that number was perfect. 12 get in, 20 by the wayside. The four best teams get a benefit of being the best teams in the regular season. It just, maybe it's because I've grown up on it and I never lived through the 14-week season and I never, but it just felt like the right number to me. And I I didn't like it from moment one. And I don't want to say, oh, I told you so when it comes to this weekend. But yeah, definitely, definitely for me, I would rather see it go down. I just don't think the NFL will ever do it. I just... I think we're doomed to have a wildcard weekend with at least two or three bad games. And arguably, we had a wildcard weekend where there was, what, one really great game? Two, if you if you count the Bills out of the Patriots as a great watch, because it was fascinating to see. And Bengals-Raiders was nice because it was tight, but it was maybe a little bit ruined by the officiating. What, 
Niners Cowboys was the only game that was really, really tense. And as a Niners fan, it was far too much for me. And I thought I was going to have a <laughs> minor heart attack watching it. So, yeah, <laughs> I think this weekend's going to be great, though. I'm really confident this weekend. Hey, listen, Will, I appreciate you very much coming on the show. Thank you. Uh, now, tell our listeners and viewers where they can catch you on TalkSport and, you know, what times and, you know, so people can listen to you. Because, ladies and gentlemen, this is a guy that knows his football. So, Tune in and hear him, hear him hold court on TalkSport. <laughs> You've got me pulling up the schedules immediately because I have to remember when our preview show's on next week. But on uh, so on Saturday night, immediately following the cricket, around 11.30 once the T20's finished, uh, myself and Phoebe and Ollie will pick up and we'll do the final throws of the Titans-Bengals game. We'll then be on for the hour between that game and the Packers 49ers game, just breaking down football, talking. Uh, and then we'll have that game for you in full. And then we'll do a, a divisional round preview uh, next week on TalkSport 2. Follow the Twitter at TalkSport2, at WillGav. You'll find it all there. Uh, it'll tell you exactly when those shows are going to be on. And, and honestly, we just, we like, same with our, like, little Red Zone show we do. I know, like, a lot of people who watch you guys on the TV, but also have our Red Zone show on so that they can watch a specific game, but hear everything else that's going on. We just tend to be a group of people that are kind of friends who like talking about football. It's very casual. It's not very formal at all. I'd love to say we got the technology that you've got with the big board and the iPad and showing us breaking down plays, but we're not. We're just having fun, man. Well, listen, my man, uh, it's always good to see you. And let's get together next week if we get a chance. And, and Yeah, uh, we've been saying that for a couple of weeks. We need to make it happen. Come on, Jeff. Well, I, you got to have your people call my people or whatever they say in L.A. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Take care, Big Red. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. All right. That's Will Gavin from TalkSport. Again, great friend of the show and, and really a guy that loves football and does an amazing job uh, with his program and helps grow the game over here, which is so, so very important. On that note, um, all of us here at uh, Coffee with Coach would like to send our best wishes and congratulations and all that to uh, David Tossel, who is going to step away from NFL UK. David has been the communications director, SID, or whatever they call it. Uh, basically, the the guy to go to for all things NFL in terms of the media for over 25 years. Uh, I first met David when I worked at uh, for NFL Europe um, and then had an opportunity to work in the same office with him uh, when I worked uh in the NFL London office. He's a great guy. He's a tremendous, tremendous advocate of growing the game over here. And he will be certainly missed by all of us in the NFL community in the UK. Uh, and again, I know this is going to give me more time to write. So he's a prolific writer as it stands, but uh, now he'll have more time to uh, write his books about cricket and all other sports that he writes on. So David Tossel, thank you so much. Michael, come on out here, buddy. Jeff, I've got some breaking news for you, if you want to hear it. What? Your second guest is here already. Uh, fantastic guest as well. Do you want to bring him on? And then we'll get questions in after from everyone. From yeah, you, let's, let's get that. This is a live show. And when you do a live show, what, what's the purpose of a live show? Exactly. I'll bring him in. All right. All right. I am going to introduce you to one of my favorite players, one of my guys, and um, – I had an opportunity to coach this guy in NFL Europe and then uh, went back and had an opportunity to spend a training camp with him in Kansas City. I watched his career go from Kansas City to Dallas and then up to the Canadian Football League. He has always been a class act. He's a great guy, a great football, was a great football player, uh, graduated from Virginia Tech. VPI, mm -hmm. hokey hokey, or whatever they say. <laughs> and uh, when oh, when the Chiefs sent him to us in Amsterdam, I said, "Okay, this is a Chiefs guy, so I better call Coach Vermeil and find out what the, what's the skinny on this guy." And and he gave me the exact description: great kid, great player. You're gonna love coaching him, and I loved every minute of spending my time with this guy. Welcome to the show, Willie Pot. Hey, what's up, Coach? Good to see you, baby. <laughs> hey, there's a there's a young one coming. I hear. I can't Look, believe man, he's we, that old now. 
Listen, man, you know, we, that's what they say. Age is a, you know, is a, is a gift that just keeps going, man. And I'm thankful uh, for my family. And I do have a, uh, an eighth grader who uh, will be in high school next year. And he's a, he's a good football player, man. He works hard and he really wants to be really good. And then I got another one behind him, a five-year-old that's just, you know, chomping at the bit to get out there. So he's doing a little bit of flag now. And eventually he'll get out there and, and get on that, on that gridiron with the pads and whatnot. But they're just loving, you know, just, uh, you know, re reliving the old days. You know, I tell them all the good stories about my time and all the places football has taken me and the great people I've met through the game and just sharing that with them. And so it's, you know, turned into my passion now, as you know, I'm sure we'll get into it, but it's turned into my passion with, you know, giving back um, those experiences to these youngsters. And, you know, it's going to start in the home first. So selfishly, I'm going to make sure that these boys get everything they need to be successful. Willie, as a, as a guy who played the game at the highest level and now mm -hmm. having sons coming up, all right. And obviously, you know, they see the pictures, they watch, you know, film our dad when he was doing his thing. They're probably too young to remember much of you as a player. But right. certainly um, when you when you talk to them and they say to you, you know, pops, I, I want to be just like you one day. What what's the advice that you give them? Will? You know, the, the first thing is I tell them is that this is your path. Like, please do not feel like you need to choose a sport, football, anything because of what I've done. My life is my life and I've done it. Our goal, myself and my wife's goal is to give you whatever you guys need to be successful. We're going to give you the tools. But once you commit to it, I need you to commit to it and go all in. And so our conversations, they don't necessarily center around, oh, man, I want to play in the college. I want to play in the NFL because they do have those goals. It's how can I be better today than I was the day before? And we're always preaching constant improvement with them. When we do bring up the sports and, hey, you play, you know, at Virginia Tech with Michael Vick or, you know, you, you play for Coach Vermeil and you play for Coach Parcells and you play for Coach Beamer. You know, I've been around some Hall of Fame coaches and Hall of Fame personalities and not to, you know, um, can't forget about Coach Pinball up in Toronto. So I've been around a lot of great people. And so they just ask questions so they can draw on the lessons that I've learned. And so when they say, hey, I want to play, I'm like, look, man, if this is something you want to do, please, by all means. But remember, I was in the marching band, Jeff, right? I was a, I, I was a great student. I remember that in, in the, You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I, I had great SAT. I had opportunities to go to Ivy League programs. And so football, I tell them, it doesn't define you. It's just a strong part of who you are. And when they can walk around comfortably knowing that, that football is just a part of who they are, and obviously a part of my background, you know, it makes conversations a whole lot easier. Like there's no stress of, you know, me trying to live through them or them trying to live up to a standard I, I've set. You know, if anything, it's just about being a good person and just making sure you're solid around the people who, you know, you're going to come in contact with. Well, they are truly blessed because not only are you a great person, your wife's a great lady and yeah. she's extremely <laughs> successful in her own right. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. she's still doing the movie thing, still doing the TV thing. <laughs> I'm crazy if you remember that. So she she doesn't. She does not. But yes, she wasn't, you know, print ads and all those things. But she got the boys into it and ultimately got me into it. Right, Jeff, when I retired from the CFL, I went right into television broadcast and, and, and print acting and modeling. And it was a nice transition. It kept whoa, me whoa, active. Whoa, it kept my whoa, days. Whoa, 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 whoa. Modeling? Yes. Yes. My you brother. be surprised. Yes. Modeling? No, you, yes. you were always pretty. I mean, you were always yeah. pretty, but Coach, modeling. Yes. Yes. I'm telling you, it's even funny. It's even got to the point where I've done pizza commercials for my hands. Like some Zoolander type stuff. Coach, I'm <laughs> telling you, it's, it's, it's so, I mean, shout out to Kim Dawson Agency. That's our agency that we've been with forever. Um, and they've done a great job. When I was uh, in the offseason, you know how it is in the CFL. They give you six months to handle your business up there, hopefully finish it with a great cup. If not, you literally got five or six months on your own to do whatever you can, right? So you figure out different ways to stay involved. And one of mine was being a dad, right? We literally had Jalen my second year up there. And so the off seasons were centered around spending time with him because obviously the, the focus was playing ball during those summer months. So I come back and literally I'm a stage dad. I'm taking him to JCPenney. I'm taking him to Nordstrom. I'm taking him to uh, uh, all these different uh, shoots so that I can understand, you know, what he has to do. You know, and obviously I know how to make him smile and make him laugh and do all the things they want. Well, one day JCPenney says, look, we're doing a father son uh, shoot and we want you to do it. And I was like, me? Like, like you said, I'm not a model. They was like, yes, we want to make it real realistic as possible. And so I did. It was a Father's Day shoot. It went off great. And his agency was like, look, if you want to continue to pursue this during your um, off seasons, we would love to represent you. 
And it doesn't normally happen that way, but I did it. And I got it as soon as I did my first audition, I booked it. And you know how it is, it's almost like golf, right? You hit that first good drive and it's like, man, I'm hooked. And so I go out there and I do the audition. I get the gig. Then I do another one and I get that one. The next thing you know, I'm on a roll. So everybody thinking I'm just blessed. I'm a lucky guy. And I booked like my first three auditions and they were good projects. And then come to find out, man, it was something I realized I can do and still keep my flexibility for training to prepare for the season and to be around the family more often. And so it worked out great, man. I've been in a lot of cool projects and, you know, I did some stunt coordinating is what they call it. But, you know, set up some shots for sports um, related commercials. And so I, that's how I was staying active for a while, man. Well, I heard Denzel was feeling the heat. Like he said, there was a new cat in town. Let, OK, so quick <laughs> funny story about that, Jeff. So the show, I know you're familiar with it. It's called Ballers. Right, the rock producer. It. Yes, it was set. It was set in Miami. You know, L.A., Hollywood, all of those good things. I auditioned for the role of Ricky Jarrett. So the one that went to Denzel Washington Jr., I auditioned for that role and got a callback. And when I went to the callback, I felt like I did good, but the curse words and the language didn't fly out the way I needed it to. That's the excuse I'm giving. And I think the other guy was pretty good. So there wasn't no chance for me to get the whole gig, but it was a good experience because I was like two steps away from doing like a table read with The Rock and all the rest of them. And so when the first episode came out, I recited the opening monologue line for line. I mean, I was sitting there kind of eating cookies and, and crying, but I realized I could have been in Hollywood, man. <laughs> you know what's funny? I remember, I remember, Willie, you sent me that J.C. Penny ad with Jalen. Yep. Yes. And, yes. And I was like, yep. man, man. Yeah. No, we were young, so young. Good. Hey, let's yeah. talk. Let's talk some football, all right? Yeah, let's get into it. Your Kansas City experience, right? Mm -hmm. When you were there, you guys had a great football team, right? Yes. Trent Green, Tony Gonzalez, you know, Dante yeah. Hall, on and on yep. and on. Willie Rove. Yep. I mean, you had a yep. good football team, but you guys never got to the Super Bowl. As nope. a Chiefs alum, mm -hmm. is What's it like when you see because because Willie, like I remember standing in preseason, I think we were playing Washington in preseason mm -hmm. the year I was there. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. Right. Like I'm just I'm just experiencing it for the first time like a raw rookie. And I remember right. taking the bus to the stadium because mm -hmm. we had trained in in up in Wisconsin. Then we flew yep, into yep, River Falls, City, mm -hmm. stayed in the hall, hotel, then took the bus to the stadium the next day. And damn, Will. The entire the entire parking lot was tailgating, and this is a yes. preseason, the first preseason yes. game. Yes. And then we get in the stadium, and you know they play the national anthem, and they go, "And the home of the Chiefs." <laughs> yeah, bro, I got the hair on my back of my neck stood up. Still do, still do. Preseason game. Yep. Yep. What's it feel like when you watch them now and you see them have the success and go to the Super Bowl and go back again and now this could be three in a row? Right. It's a it's a ton of pride. I tell you what, most first and foremost, and I know you noticed know Jeff, with the Hunt family, right? It starts and stops with them, right? Just the outstanding family from from top down. Uh, obviously, with uh, with Clark running the show now, um, Mr. Lamar when he was uh, still with us. He was somebody that I got to meet, knew me by name, obviously being one of the draft picks, you know, had a vested interest in just talking. And it starts there. When you have good top-down organizational structure, good people in the building, you know, you root for good things to happen for them. And obviously being an alum and, you know, having the jersey on the wall and being able to, you know, call a lot of those guys that I played with friends and brothers for life, it really does uh, stand out as a beacon of pride, man. And when you have a young superstar like, like um, Patrick Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and, you know, the Honey Badgers there and all those guys, you stand back and like, man, those are really, really outstanding football players who know how to represent us on that football field. I mean, those guys are top flight. And I look back and I'm like, man, there was a, a, a couple of times where we had Coach Vermeil's squad, you know, 13 and three, we run into Peyton Madden, the sheriff, and there's no punting in the game. And one play, you know, ends, ends up costing us the, the playoffs, and, you know, the next year, you know, one game away from making it into the playoffs with an explosive offense, Priest Holmes and Larry Johnson and, you know, those receivers that we had and a solid defense with uh, Gunther Cunningham running it. Like we had the pieces in place. We could just never get over that hump. And then you bring in this Patrick Mahomes guy who's just and Andy Reid and his ingenuity and 
um, you know, the, the defensive staff and, and the players that you need to, to make a successful team, you know, you just sit back and like, man, Kansas City is, they deserve it, right? It's one of the best. I mean, especially as a pro day atmosphere, probably the number one pro day atmosphere that I've ever been around. You said it, tailgating for a preseason game, literally smoke is rising from the barbecue pits at 8.30 in the morning for a 12 o'clock kickoff. Like it was the best pulling up to the stadium for work every week and knowing that it was gonna be a packed house of passionate fans and it made it easy to go to work when it was negative 10 against the Broncos or you know 90 degrees against the Texans and you know early in the season. And so it just didn't matter uh, what was going on externally. We knew that we had the, the, the support of the fan base. And my wife, when we got there, she said, if it weren't for the Chiefs, I don't know what people would wear out because it's just Chiefs hats <laughs> and Chiefs jackets and Chiefs sweats. Like they go all in for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it really reminded me of, of college at Virginia Tech in terms of just the passionate fan base. And so uh, I, I look back at it now and I still obviously support them and cheer them, cheer them on. Um, you know, there's only a handful of guys still in the building, you know, from a support staff standpoint. But, you know, again, Mr. Hunt, that family's still in charge. And, and so obviously you want to see everything and all good things happen for them. I, I got to tell you the story. All right. We're in River Falls. And you remember mm -hmm. that you guys all rode bicycles from the dorm yes. over to the practice. To the field. Yep. Right. And, you know, they had the field house where the locker yep. room was. And then where the field mm -hmm. house was. The training staff put out all those tables with, with, you know, pre-workout stuff on it and all that. Mm -hmm, the but bars you remember, and all really, that. that was that was their indoor track facility, right? Yes. And there was mm -hmm. a big down in one corner. There was a big uh, pole vault mat, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm walking over one day, and you know, because we had to get there before the players, and I'm walking over one day, and I walk into the field house. And I see these kids, these little tiny kids, like five, six-year-old kids, hopping around, jumping around in the pole vault pit. And mm -hmm. there's this old dude, white-haired cat, in there playing with these kids, right? Uh -huh. So I'm, like, kind of fascinated by this. And I walk over. And, you know, Willie, my eyes never been very good. But, <laughs> but right, right. I'm looking, and I'm saying to myself, no. No, it was it was Mr. Hunt, Lamar Hunt, yeah. the owner yep. of the Chiefs, was in this pole vault pit with his grandkids, tossing yes, them sir. up in the air. And he was just the like, if you if you meet him, like, and that's the first time I ever met him. This guy's mm -hmm. a multi billionaire, founded the yes. NFL, one of the <laughs> yes. fathers of the modern NFL. Oh, the game, He's yeah. around in the pole vault pit with his kids. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, you're exactly right, man. I'm telling you that it, it just it just stands out to me. Just the, the fact that he knew all of the players. And I mean, like any good businessman, right? You're going to know all the details of your operation. And I felt like he did that, but he took it to the next level in how he interacted. Because you wouldn't have known, right? Unless you Googled it or back then you had to go and research it even further. But um, unless you knew, you know, what he was into, you wouldn't have assumed that that guy was one of the top wealthiest guys in the world. And, wielded all this influence over our sport that we love but my goodness you know between that mls you know with the soccer programs the the chicago bulls and basketball like that family has had a hand in all of the modern sports that we love and again they're just great great folks man like i said clark and and even dan who you know they all live down here in dallas and so we get to see them from time to time around but just a great great family hey, all right now let's go to this coming weekend yeah. It is going to be, you know, all the other games and every fan base thinks their game is the most important game. But certainly for all of the NFL fans around the world, mm -hmm. the matchup that holds the most impact this weekend, certainly, I, don't, I think this yeah. is undisputed, is to watch Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs yeah. and the Bills, yeah, You know, the two brightest young stars at the most important position in the National Football League battle it yeah. out. Now, yeah. I'm going to ask you a favor, brother. Talk Take to your me. Chiefs hat off for one second. Got it. Just Got give it. me your football guy, your, your NFL player, mm -hmm. feel about what's this one going to be like and what's it going to take to win. You know what? That's a, Those are great questions, man. Part one removing the whole Chiefs bias out of it. It is a great matchup. So I concur with you 
it is going to be a tremendous matchup between two elite quarterbacks, um, two defenses that are opportunistic and can make plays, uh, receiving cores who can get it done. The biggest thing that stood out from this past week was the running game for the Bills, right? I wasn't expecting them to be able to, to move the ball on the ground like that, uh, you know, based on previous experiences with Bill Belichick's defense. But, you know, with Josh Allen and the talent he wields in his right arm, to be able to get rid of the ball and put it in windows that most people wouldn't dare try, and then his ability to, to take off and scramble, it is going to be a tough matchup for the Chiefs. Right. I think last year was a, was a good a barometer for, for Allen to understand how far he needs to go. And I think he made those jumps this year. Right. Um, you, got, you got Beasley, you got um, Diggs, and then they brought in Manny Sanders, one of your guys. Right. So now they got three guys that can get open whenever they feel like. It. And so I would imagine watching that Cincinnati Bengals film, although they may not be at the level of a Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd and T Higgins, they definitely got the quarterback in the arm to get to those spots that can make up for maybe a half a step slower or a half an inch shorter on a deep ball. So I think they're they're looking at chops saying we can take advantage of some things in the Chiefs secondary. Conversely, if I'm looking at the Chiefs, I'm thinking what didn't the Patriots do uh, to test and challenge them? And what I feel is that they didn't take advantage of the middle of the field. Like Bill Belichick's been known to have great tight ends. They did not use the middle of the field. Like the reason that made Brady so great, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, Wes Welker, the middle of the field. They didn't use that. He tried to throw a deep ball over the top, Poirier goes and picks it off. He tries to throw a deep comeback, it gets tipped, gets picked off. And so you got to start thinking, the middle of the field. Well, guess who the Chiefs have in the middle of the field? They got Travis yep. Kelsey, one of the best in the game, right? And so I look at it as that's going to be the matchup. And it, it it's kind of sucks because one of my fellow Hokies is the start middle linebacker, a great young football player in Tremaine Edmonds. And he's the middle linebacker. And they're going to ask a lot of him to control and patrol the middle with Kelsey. But that dude is so versatile. He is, you know, just a weapon that I don't think um, the Bills are going to be able to account for. They can account for Tyreek Hill by doubling with a safety. And those two safeties for Buffalo, so underrated, outstanding football players, you know, losing Tredavious White hurt um, from a cornerback perspective. But, you know, they can mix and match because we know that um, Coach is a, a great D coordinator, uh, Coach Fraser up there. But at the same time, I mean, Travis Kelsey, and if they get Jeff McKinnon and, you know, the other running back, Williams and Gore going just a little bit. And if they, you know, if they double high and you got too high or two man, well, then you got Patrick Mahomes scramble, right? And so, yeah. again, I think it's just going to be just a tremendous offensive uh, game plan and, you know, push and pull. Uh, I'm interested to see the first 15. You know, we talked about these back in the day. You know, the first 15, right? Those are the most important plays because that's what they practice. Our job on defense, get them off script, right? Get them off script. Get them behind the sticks. Right. That was supposed to be second and four, not second and 13. So let's get them behind the sticks. Let's draw a holding call. So things of that nature is what I'm looking for for this game, like those little intangibles. And then the other thing that I think could really separate um, the Chiefs and the Bills is the kicking game. Right. That guy missed a lot of kicks. It was a lot real shaky last week. I know Buffalo is an easy place to kick the ball. But, man, Harrison Bucker is one of the most solid guys out there. And I feel like, you know, they can make an impact in the, in the special teams game that the Chiefs will have uh, an advantage. But again, I always felt like no matter how good the coverage is, you know, in the secondary, a great quarterback and a great route will always beat great coverage. And so Josh Allen has a chance. As long as you got that guy back there with that offense and Dave O calling the plays, you know, they're gonna, it's gonna be tough for my Chiefs, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's tough to bet against the Mahomes and Kelsey. Michael, come on out here. Let's, let's talk a little bit with it. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. How's it going guys? How about, hey, that? Up, How about that? He actually did take his Chiefs hat off when he when he when he did that, right? He, that's pretty. That's pretty unbiased view. Yeah, I'm man. Very, I'm very unbiased there, like a <laughs> Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna right. throw this open for for questions from the people from the tribe. If you're out there and you got a question for Willie Pyle, please hit us hit us with it, and we'll go right with it. Well, we got one right away. Nice. We've got one from Fred Flunk. He reckons the winner. Of this Chiefs Bills game wins the Super Bowl. That's a hell of a Ooh. game, Willie. The weekend. That's a, for, like, from, from a neutral standpoint, it's some game. Like, well, I tell you what, there's yeah. some folks in, in in Tennessee and Green Bay got something to say about that right there. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, other spots. I'm telling you, yeah, that's going. That's a tough matchup, man. I tell you what, man. Uh, Green Bay, that's that's Styles make fights, coach. You know that. I know from your background in combat, that's a tough one, man. I don't know. I love, you know, I love me some Aaron Rodgers, but man, that's a tough matchup with them 49ers and the ability to play bully ball. I said that last week when the uh, Cowboys drew them, that that wasn't a good matchup. 
And so it's going to be really, interesting really to see a great what point because the way the NFL is structured now and the way that you have to practice now, it's really difficult. What they do running the football, it's almost like mm-hmm. playing a wishbone team when you were in college. You know what I'm yes. saying? You yes. can't practice it because you can't simulate the, the intricacies of all the and who's got a use check and who's got a kid, right? Right. Right. There's so right. few of right. those kind of guys around. So I think that is a huge I would not be surprised if San Francisco doesn't make a real run at this thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, anytime you're running toss cutback with a pull, like we toss it to How the left, you're pulling the guys from it. Like they're not running that. You don't practice. And, and the good thing about it, and, and you know, as a coach, I know you've gone through this, and I know you're up in Hamilton. So Stein used to say this all the time they're going to give you two plays that you can waste 20 minutes of practice on. Right. So now you're over there wasting time in practice going against these two. And now they're not even bringing those out. And so that's what the teams do. And, and good coordinators, they try to get you in those scenarios where you're literally practicing against plays that not even going to get pulled out. And so it was interesting to see how they were successful with those runs against the Cowboys, because I'm almost positive the Cowboys didn't practice against those because those, they were gassing from they, 10 and 12 yards at a time. When they put Debo in the backfield and they motioned the tailback out, Come and on, then coach. Then the Cowboys had no idea how to react to it. Your rules are linebacker. Your rules are screwed. You got all kinds of voided gaps, and you know your rules are screwed. Yeah, and now so like you say, now you think you better whoever plays them two tapes down the line is going to be working on that stuff. Not just this week, but next week. Right, it'll be it'll be the same. It'll be the same. Willie, um, when you look at Patrick Mahomes and you've watched Mm -hmm. him. In his, his entire career, where do you feel he has grown the most as a quarterback? Oh, man, that's a great, great question. And I, I think he's addressed it this year. So I'm just going to piggyback. And that's taking what the defense gives him. You know what? I, I, I coach a, a very successful 7 on 7 team here down in Texas with my son's grade, you know, class of 2026. So they're all current eighth graders. And the thing that I tell them is that game, it's okay to hit singles, right? Hit singles, we'll get a double, and then we'll be able to hit home runs. And you got to understand, taking what the defense gives you is important. And so for every no look or throwing across the field play or spiraling 15 yards away to chuck it 50 yards down the field, he's throwing the quick outs. He's throwing and keeping them in rhythm in between the sticks. And I feel like that's where he's grown the most. And I think he'll continue to grow as the offense evolves around him. They don't have to be home run shots because, as you saw last week, it was over the middle, Kelsey on a sit, you know, Tyreek Hill on a dig, a slant, a comeback. And then here we go over the top, backside post, backside drag, you know, corner post. They're starting to open it up. And so for me, as a DB looking at him, I'm like, man, that dude is extra scary because not only is he starting to stay in there and then scramble when he needs to, but he's also taking what we're giving him. And as a defensive coach, we know this, that we're going to force the ball to go one one place. We got to be comfortable willing to give up something, whether it's a cover three, quarters, cover two. We got to be willing to give that up. It's up to the quarterback and the, and, and the timing for them to find it. And if we get a, with a good pass rush, we can create a little bit of havoc. But for the most part, if they stay on schedule, it should be out to the left, check down in the middle, come back on the right, first down. And so that's what I've seen. And I think it's only going to serve them well if and slash when they get into an adverse situation, like being down to the Steelers on a, on a, on a, a fumble recovery for a touchdown or being down to the Bills or the Titans a couple years ago when they had to come back. So I think it's only going to serve him well to be able to stay on schedule in rhythm. We got another question for you, Willie. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Get in with it. Yes, sir. Uh, Andy Newcastle is saying, would you like to see the return of NFL Europe? Obviously, a game in Germany is going to be announced per Jeff and my sources in the next three weeks. But uh, the NFL, I'm, I'm joking, Jeff. I know I just put that out of my mouth. <laughs> but, uh, NFL Europe, I mean, it would be pretty cool to see it return in some form, even like you've got the Absolutely. US, uh, oh, my gosh. Let me look. Can I let me? Uh, you know, I keeps the you know this one over here. I see your answer. The, uh, the, the answer there, yeah, <laughs> you know the guy that framed that for me. You know, many years ago, he had to look long and hard for that logo to put it on the bottom. And uh, obviously, I still talk to so many of my friends from there. But Amsterdam NFL Europe in general was a great proving ground for a lot of athletes like myself. Later round draft picks had ability, just needed a little bit more season at the pro level. A breeding ground for coaches. A breeding ground for uh, off uh, off off the field personnel, right? Managerial, you know, GM, front office, uh, it's equipment managers. Like it taught so many athletes and so many people about the game and the structure of the game. And it's unfortunate that it went away. But if there was an opportunity 
through fiscal responsibility and creating this great opportunity to have football in Europe. The people over there would love it. The guys that were going over there and the girls who are over there to help make the organizations run, they would love it. And it's just a great experience. I tell people all the time about my time in Amsterdam, like that's not necessarily a place I would have went on my own dollar. But the fact that me being able to run, throw, hit, tackle, catch, allowed me to go see a part of the world that I really never would have thought I've been seeing in terms of the, the cities in Germany and over in Scotland and obviously in, uh, in, in Amsterdam it was a great experience. And, and it, it opened my eyes to a whole other side of the world. And it was all through the sport of football. And so I would love to see NFL Europe come back because I feel like there's a lot of athletes that could use the seasoning. Some of our favorite players um, in the NFL had their opportunities in NFL Europe to prove themselves and came back to the state side and made a lot of noise, made a lot of money, made a lot of memories, and some are even Hall of Famers. And so I would love to see the return of NFL Europe and, and all the things that it brings because I think there's a fan base for it. And obviously the players, I mean, I can't tell you how many athletes need an opportunity to continue to show they can play this game at a high level. Well said. Very, yeah. very well said. And I think that, that the NFL is just now realizing what they gave up because without mm. NFL Europe, there may not have been a Kurt Warner. There may not Man. have been a Dante Hall. There may not have been yeah. a Willie Pyle. And on and yeah. on and on. We Will Shields. On and on and on yeah. we go. And then on, on the other side of the coin, every single official that rose from the college level to the National Football League level at that time had to officiate in NFL Europe. So you're exactly yep. right, Willie. It was it mm -hmm. transcended. <clears throat> the players it was all you know you, steve spagnola the defensive coordinator for the chiefs nfl mm -hmm. europe guy right yeah so yeah it, it, the, there are a lot even to this day a number of people in the league who can trace their roots right back to nfl europe absolutely hey, yeah the impact, impact was beyond go, go ahead before i let you go and it's been awesome catching up with you having you on the show um I need you to pick your games this weekend. So, Mike, Ooh. get your pencil out, and I want you to write these down. Then I want you to head straight to your bookie and <laughs> the kids' lunch Don't money next week, me, Mike. Man. The kids' lunch, the kids <laughs> lunch <laughs> money. Don't do week, that. Mike, you better put it on whatever will <laughs> All right. So, so, so hit me with the matchups. I'm gonna give a quick synopsis, and then who my winner gonna be? Chiefs, right, Packers. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Chiefs, hold on, hold on. my bad, my bad. You went to the Super Bowl, right? I'm going forward <laughs> a few weeks here. Right, right. You went to Super Bowl two or something. Uh, Chiefs, Bills. I'm going with the Chiefs in a uh, close back and forth battle, and then the Chiefs will pull away in the fourth quarter. Next. Okay, that was the first one. Next one is mm -hmm. Bucks Rams. Bucks Rams. I'm going with the Rams. On the road with that pass rush, it looks like Tom Brady's missing some linemen. Uh, no Leonard Fournette. It hasn't been confirmed anyway. And uh, I just don't think they're going to be explosive enough. Jalen Ramsey can lock down uh, Mike Evans and, and or Gronkowski, whichever one you don't want to catch the ball. I think he'll lock one of those guys up, and then they'll play around him almost like a boxing one. But that pass rush, Aaron Donald, he landed on Tom Brady a couple times. I think it's going to be a long day. If I'm the Rams, I go with what the Saints do against the Bucks. Use their game plan with those pass rushers. Uh, Titans Bengals first game tomorrow night. Ooh, that's gonna be a tough one, man. Derrick Henry, I, I want to see him come back. Um, one of my son's favorite receivers is AJ Brown. He his game really does favor him, and I, I feel like uh, the Titans, you know, they have they play a great brand of football. They got a great you know stuff up front. It's just something about those Bengals. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Titans, but I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be close because I feel like the bank the Bengals are playing with house money. They know they're ahead of schedule. Um, but the Titans have something to prove. And Mike Vrabel and that, you know, Patriots kind of lineage, I think they're going to come with a, a great game plan and neutralize Joe Burr. And finally, 49ers against the Packers. Ah, yeah, yeah. This is, I got a feeling this is going to be, uh, the last time they played, Aaron Rodgers had to pull out a miracle to win the game. And it was two passes to Devontae Adams and a field goal to win it. And I feel like the 49ers are going to learn from that. And so I'm going to say that this will be the upset pit. I think the 49ers are going to get the Packers. I, I hate to say it because I want to see Aaron Rodgers and, and Devontae Adams continue on. And I know for his legacy, he needs to continue to win and win chips. But I just think it's a bad matchup. And I feel like the 49ers are going to play bully ball 
up front and then play keep away and keep them off the field. And it's tough to win, like the Patriots did to Mahomes a couple years ago. It's tough to win when your best player is on the bench. And so I feel like the 49ers are going to upset the Packers. So it'll be Packers-Rams. I mean, uh, it'll be uh, Rams and the Niners in, the, uh, in a rematch of a great game uh, in the NFC Championship. And then the uh, Titans and the uh, Chiefs in a rematch of another great championship game. Ladies and gentlemen, not only is he a Virginia Tech honors graduate, yeah. NFL alumnus, a model. He's also go. a prognosticator who <laughs> may be the next Nostradamus. That's all I'm Chill out. right there. Hey, come on, coach. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget. Hey, don't forget the most important titles, right? Husband, dad, and father. Right? You got it. Hey, right. You got I'm it. Father, business owner, really? fast performance. And so, you know, we got all that, man. Willie, I tell you what, man, it's so good to catch up with you. I love you and take care. Same, man. Love you too, Coach. Please, 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 uh, stay in contact and and tell Jalen, be just like your daddy, and you're gonna be fine. Hey, man, and we're gonna be looking for him. I'm definitely connecting with you on Twitter so y'all can uh, communicate because he's, you know, he's starting to get into that uh, world and and understand, you know, what he needs to do in order to, you know, shake hands and make sure he meets the right people and. You know, just present yourself as the great young man that he is. And so we're proud of him, but we know he has a long way to go. But I want everybody doing this, man. Everybody knows that, that steady improvement. And I know I learned that from you. So many of your teachings I still carry with me to this day. Uh, and I'm just excited for his path and all the other kids that we get to affect over at, at Fast Performance. And so, Mike, I appreciate you having me on your show uh, and moderating, keeping everybody cool. And uh, it's, it's Jeff's show. Man. It's all good. It was awesome how you <laughs> I just sit yeah. there and just have some fun. But, yeah, man, it was fantastic. Yeah. Hey, we'll have you back, Willie Pyle. We, I'll tell of course. you what, now I know how to get a hold of you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I have you back for sure. Thank you Absolutely, so much, Willie. Appreciate you, man. Great. Love y'all. Thanks, Willie. Have a nice one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Willie Pyle, that Willie was awesome. Pyle. I understand. Really, I got this. That was really, pretty really awesome. guys I've had an opportunity to coach. He good dude, man. He's uh, he, he's a good guy. And, unfortunately, Jeff, I'm going to take you from that happiness and that fulfillment into – uh, the real issue now, you 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 have to make your picks for these games. You have to make them. I, like th- this is this is hard, Jeff. This way, it's hard. It's difficult. How how do you pick between these 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 teams? Seriously, like well, it's difficult. I, I'm gonna tell you something. This is gonna be an. Un- I think this weekend and next weekend, the divisional round, the championship round, are the best two weekends in the NFL calendar. I I really believe that. The Super Bowl is a f- spectacle, right? But these next two weekends, to me, are the heart and soul of football. And, you know, it's if you've never either played or coached in single elimination sport, the finality of it, you, you almost can't even describe the depth of pain that you feel when you lose and the elation and sense of relief that you have when you're able to go on and play one more week, right? So now, you you know, you look at this and, and you know, we got eight teams that are all either going to feel, you know, they, it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to be the, the, the depths or it's going to be elation. And that's how many times has that happened? Based on 60 minutes, right? Based on 60 minutes, you're either going to feel like, you're, like your world is caved in on you or you're the king. Right, that just seems like. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, it's just such an incredible, incredible phenomenon, man. And and you know, and then you think about eight fan bases will be hanging on a thread for those sixty minutes. I think as well, like just I, I think you've just got a wee bit of a delay on your on on your phones. I wasn't trying to butt in, but I completely agree with you. And I actually look at that first game, that Titans Bengals game. Two teams that have, like, you know, the Bengals especially that have waited so long for this. They really have. And the Titans fans feel now as well that, you know, they've waited. They've sort of bided their time. They've learned from past mistakes. And, you know, one of those teams is is a game away from the championship, is, is a game away from that chance to go to the Super Bowl. And I, we're, we're talking to Bengals analysts, Bengals fans this week, and, man, they, they are absolutely pumped. Same with Titans. But uh, it just seems this year, Jeff, the four games, it's really like last weekend. Okay, some of it was one sided, but it has gave us that maximum or enhanced matchup that I think 
we all really deserve after the last few weeks. Yeah, and you know what? You, you know, Mike, think about this now. Cincinnati can go from worst in their division, right, to the Super Bowl. I mean, that, that's not out of the question, right? That's not – when you have a guy like Joe Burrow and you have a – you, you know, you have the weapons that he has around him with Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. And I mean, now, is their defense good enough? I don't know. Is there, especially up front, right? That's going to be the, where they're going to get tested the most, mm. right? And if Hendrickson plays, that helps them. But Hendrickson as a run stopper, that's not his forte. They mm. lost Ogunjobi inside, and that. I think is a bigger loss because you know, Tennessee, you know what Tennessee's DNA is. You know what they want to do. They got Henry back. And I watched Tennessee because I hadn't seen you. You don't get a lot of Tennessee on TV, right? It's a small market team. They're not, you know, so I went back and I watched their season this week. And let me tell you something. I don't care who's in the backfield. They can block. They run the zone inside and outside extremely well. Where Tennessee is better than any Tennessee team I've seen since the last Tennessee team to go to the Super Bowl is they are they are nasty on defense. They are big and strong up front, and they will hit you. And Kevin Byard and that bunch in the back end will you know take advantage of the fact that you know Simmons and those guys. Bud Dupree, I mean, they get after your tail. So, can the biggest matchup to me is can Cincinnati's offensive line keep Burrow on his feet long enough to win the game? And and I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I, I, but I'm going to take Tennessee. Oh, I'm giving away my picks at ten o'clock. You're on the show at ten o'clock as well. I think you're going to pop on little glass of uh, red vino and, and pop on just before i go to the next game jeff that is confirmed by roger goodell this week they are making an announcement i'm not sure if it's the actual game but at least the location for that germany game i would speculate um, at his press conference or around that time before the super bowl that's the hope so they're almost there maybe you can text Seabass and see the crack maybe find out who the patriots are playing next year I i'm only joking in germany uh second game is well i'll try and go in the order the games are in sky that's the first game tomorrow night 1 15 a.m is the packers against the 49ers if this packers team went one and done jeff i mean i i don't know what to say here like it's it's one thing with the cowboys last week but after the way the green bay have played this after the way Aaron Rodgers has played this season it, it's surely unthinkable well it's not un, it's not unthinkable because it's the playoffs and there's a good football team i mean the 49ers are going to test them. They're going to test them. They're going to test them physically and they're going to test them mentally because mm. Mike McDaniel does an outstanding job of play design. You know, we did a little feature on him on, uh, you know, NFL overtime this week, just the, a, a real quick look at two plays where he really just, he sharpens his pencil and makes it hard on whoever's playing defense. So I think they're going to score some points. Rodgers will score some points. What what's good for the Packers is Zaire Alexander, Jaire Alexander, excuse me, should be back. That's a big plus. Bakhtiari should be back. That's a huge plus. He's the best left tackle in football, right? Because they're going to have to keep Aaron Rodgers clean and give him an opportunity to throw the football. If he has time against the San Francisco secondary, he'll cut him up, right? I mean, you're talking about a really really accurate guy who understands where to go with the football so i think the packers will win at home everybody's talking about the weather let me just say this cold is less important than wind right as mm. for a throwing team so cold actually in some ways may be in the packers favor because they live in it now they don't practice in it but they live in it san francisco flew in there today right there's no way their bodies, especially if they're in the hotel all that time, there's no way that their bodies are going to get ready for what they're going to feel when they go to the stadium on Sunday. So I'm going to take the Packers. 
I like it. I like it. Sunday, Jeff. We have got two more games. We got I think first. Yep, yeah, first up is the Rams against the Bucks at eight p.m. So you get a little, a wee bit of a lie-in for Sky. I, I presume, I presume you rock up there at about uh, twenty past seven, Jeff. I'm joking, but seriously, you, you must be delighted because I felt bad for you Monday night. That was a a long shift, but uh, Rams Bucks Sunday. It's a nice game. Um, fascinating game. Fascinating matchup. A lot of pressure on. You know, a lot of people in this game. A lot of people. And I'm talking about the Rams people. You you can start with with uh, the general manager and you can go to McVay and you can go to the quarterback and you can go to, you know, write down that roster of high price guys that they've acquired, shoving all their chips in the middle of the table to say we're going to go back and win it. Um, you know, Andrew Whitworth being hurt last week really affects this game. And now he he may or may not. I, I have not gotten a reliable injury report whether he's going to play or not. But um, you know the Bucks offensively are beat up, but healthy defensively. Now, when you look at Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles is a pressure guy. He's going to send a billion different looks at the Rams. Can the Rams give Stafford the opportunity to throw the ball? Because where I don't think the Bucks can match up is who's going to take Higby, who's going to take Cooper Cup, and who's going to take OBJ, right? Now, and then you got Van Jefferson on top of it, who's a better than advertised receiver. But we also know that Stafford has been th- prone to do what? Turn it over. A few picks. <laughs> yeah. And you can't give Brady extra chances with the football. I don't care how many receivers he's got out. You can't give him extra chances with the f- football. Maybe bigger than even playoff Lenny is what's happening with Worfs, right? So this one, I wouldn't touch right now until I see exactly who's going to play. And you're talking about if we're betting this game, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't touch it right now until I know who's going to play in the game more. But if you just said right now, if it was game time and we're teeing the ball up and we're going to kick it off in 15 minutes and we know what we know right now, I'd take the Rams. The uh, team goes in away to the champs and wins, going by Jeff. Finally, can the Bills do that? Going up against the Chiefs. Ooh. You know, we had Tasker on last week, and you heard what he said. He, he's never seen a Bills team more ready to go in and take their yeah. shot. Yeah. And I think the only thing that scares me about that is, are they going to be able to relax and just br- let the game come to them? You're talking about a bunch of guys, and I know from talking to Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders, they know that these kinds of chances don't come along every day. And I think they believe in their hearts that if they beat Kansas city, they're going to be in the super bowl. And I think the same thing. So if you look at the chief, the chiefs, Patrick has grown a tremendous amount in terms of protecting the football, right? The defense scares me because it's a defense that's predicated on pressure and playing man to man. Who's going to cover Gabe Davis. Who's going to cover Cole Beasley? Who's going to cover Emmanuel Sanders? Who's going to cover Dawson Knox? Who's going to cover Diggs? And who's going to, I mean, Buffalo is uniquely built to play a team like Kansas City. And don't think that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott didn't plan this whole deal because they looked at, the, they looked at who they had to beat to get to the Super Bowl. And they, they knew what was going on in New England. And they, said the Miami nope the Jets nope it's that team in the mid-America that we got to win that we got to beat this is their opportunity to show that they have built this team to beat the Chiefs they went out and drafted pass rushers right why because they're going to play zone and they're going to let four guys try and get to the quarterback they've got Matt Milano who's the best covered linebacker in the NFL you know, Tremaine Edmonds inside. Tredavious, losing Tredavious White hurts, but I think it's something they can overcome. So I'm going to take the Bills in a close, close game. 
<laughs> oh, I love it, Jeff. I love it. I, and this is the thing, obviously, with, with No More Red Zone, I'll be watching you all weekend on Sky. I'm looking forward to hearing from you, Neil, uh, Sean, and I'm presuming uh, Mr. Baldinger will be there again uh, on Zoom. I'm very much looking forward to it. It was a good crack last weekend. And just, just great analysis as well. Really, really good fun, especially that time of night. And loving the picks, Jeff. We've got loads of comments here as well. Uh, Sam Quack just tweeted. I'm sure you know who Sam Quack is. She said, I think she replied to somebody that was watching your show and said, Bill, like, no. And I've obviously went back to her going, need you on the show, Sam. Sam's a big Chiefs fan. So if you're watching Sam, feel free to come on and DM Jeff there. Uh, Daniel in the UK says he thinks Green Bay, the Bengals, the Rams, and the Chiefs are going to win this weekend. Shane Byrne, who I think is in Ireland or Sheffield. Sorry, Shane. Uh, Chiefs, Titans, 49ers, Bucks. Danny, Danny Pardo, uh, Pardo's business on Twitter, has just done capital, loads, loads of capital letters, Niners, and Jimmy G giving a thumbs up. A lot of people are in on Jimmy, Jimmy G this week. Uh, Lloyd, Lloydy Boy, 56. How about them Niners? Uh, and Andrew P says, What will the Bucks need to change to reverse the midseason loss to the Rams? That's a that's a really interesting question because you mentioned there all the offensive talent that Rams team has, but then that's fair enough if you can cover that. Should your defense is lights out, like literally all those guys are in Donald Von Miller for a start. Yeah, I, and and they are, and it's going to be really difficult. But what they've got to what they've got to do that defense in Tampa Bay has got to create some turnovers. It's got to get some turnovers and bonus possessions and field position for Brady. Now, if Raheem Morris. In my opinion, if if Raheem Morris says, I'm going to take Jalen Ramsey and I'm going to take Mike Evans out of the game and I'm going to double Gronk and I'm going to pressure Brady and make him Scotty Miller has got to be the one that beats me. I'm not Cam- letting Cameron Brady as well. Yeah, yeah, Scotty yeah Miller, I'm not Brady, letting yeah. I'm not letting Gronkowski and I'm not letting Evans win the game. Can't do it. Right now, if he says, I'm just going to play zone, I believe, I really believe Tom Brady will shred it. Right. Cause Tom Brady has an incomprehensible ability to recognize where the ball should go in zone and get it out of his hands. In some cases, he back in the shotgun, you don't even have to block a guy cause the ball's gone so fast in zone. <laughs> If they play man and he has to hold the ball a little bit and they start to hit him, different game, right? So I think a lot's going to come down to how Raheem Morris performs as much as how Aaron Donald performs or, you know, Floyd performs or any of those guys on defense because he's the one that will give them a chance by how he designs his defense. Absolutely, and you're completely right about Tom Brady there. Sam, uh, Sam Lord, SGC, Titans, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Chiefs. Loads of different comments here. Uh, Jerry Allen saying home advantage is key. So Kansas City, the Titans, and Green Bay for me. Jeff, your phone is making the same noise as it made last week before it went off or died because it was on for a very long time. So we might need to leave it there. But it's been a great show. Man. Yeah. You too, my brother. Thank you so much. And fans, yes, thank you because this show is all about you. And we're glad to have you with us. Absolutely, folks, and thanks to Jeff as well. And I'm sure we'll be back after this weekend to talk ahead of the championship. See you guys soon. Cheers, Jeff. Mahalo.